toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe this is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Nistella Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. Thank you again so much for tuning in this week. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Dr. Emmy Tafelski. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. We are on a mission to raise the consciousness of humans and the planet, and we need your help. Please spread the word to your family and friends and join us every week. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter or a sponsor to help with the operating costs like editing and the many hours we spend creating these shows with quality guests and content. And if you have resonated with our mission, support us in a way that raises your vibration to love. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And imagine breathing that light and love and send it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our guest today is Dr. Emmy Tafelski. She is a badass spiritual rebel, I love that, whose mission is to revolutionize how women heal and transform after untethering, shattering loss and trauma. She leads women who have suffered an untethering loss on a journey to reweave their souls into wholeness using her four-phase method called soul weaving. After a number of years as a mental health therapist, she has turned her attention and expertise toward deeper soul healing. A big part of this work leans into her divine feminine spirituality, releasing the threads of patriarchy that we carry unconsciously within our soul's tapestry. Emmy has a PhD in psychology with a specialization in consciousness, spirituality, and integrative health. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Emmy. Oh, thank you so much for um, having me here, Brenda and Stacy. I'm thrilled. And that meditation was just 
the best start to any podcast that I've ever <laughs> experienced. Well, thank you. It's yeah, well, it's a pleasure to have you too. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm real, I'm so excited to dive into this spiritual rebel. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your journey and what has led you down this path. Yeah, um, I would be happy to. I my a big piece of my journey started when. Well, it's so interesting. <laughs> um, the way you ask that question makes me change how where I start this story. Um, so the current work that I do, uh, soul weaving, helping women who've suffered an untethering loss to reweave their souls into wholeness, uh, was born out of my healing journey after my mom died in 2017. And I believe that the universe was preparing me for her death for uh, maybe my whole life, but also more uh, deeply for the about eight months before she died. Um, when I deepened my exploration into spirituality, specifically goddess-based spirituality, and um, developed a lived relationship with the divine feminine. And that piece came about oddly. Uh, I was sitting on the couch one day and I randomly decided to look for goddess tattoos on Pinterest and, um, I mean, I have many tattoos, but every single one has a deep meaning for me. And not one of them was ever picked out of a random search online for a random picture. So I think there was something about the whole turn of events that was calling me, calling me home in a way to begin this relationship with goddess and so that it could hold me when my world shattered into bits. Hmm. That sounds beautiful. It sounds like, yeah, spirit was really guiding you in, in this deep place um, to discover mm -hmm. the divine feminine, the goddess energy. And um, so I'm curious just how that energy of the goddess, the divine feminine has helped you in your own healing journey. I am... Um... She has been my constant companion and my, there's a, my support when I falter. And uh, after my mom passed, there were many days when I just laid on the floor and wept. And um, I, I know we'll mention this more at the end, but uh, I have a free gift for the audience. And one of the meditations in the free gift is this particular meditation created at this time where I laid on the ground and just asked her to hold me, just asked, you know, just felt the mother earth wrap me in her arms and allow me to fall to bits, knowing that like I was somewhat contained and safe and held. So that was a, a, a piece of it, right? Like she was with me at my side and walked with me and allowed me to fall apart and gave me space and helped me also stay together. That sounds really just such a nurturing way for um, a goddess to help us through a really mm -hmm. difficult time. 
Um, so for our listeners that may not be familiar with different goddesses and, and that energy, and you mentioned that you have tattoos, interesting that you can find a lot of things on Pinterest, I guess. I'm, I'm not aware of that. I, I think I need to start looking on Pinterest more often. Um, <laughs> um, wouldn't think of uh, goddess tattoo designs, but I'm curious, like what, what was like maybe one of the goddesses that you were really connected to and how did she help you in not only a spiritual way, but maybe even in a, in a practical way of that grieving process. So maybe come to it from a point of, from if someone knows nothing about that type of spirituality, like walk us through that. Hmm. Um, the thing about goddess spirituality is that it is a more nurturing uh, way of connecting with spirit than, um, anything I learned in a Christian upbringing. God, the father for me was more harsh and more punitive and more, I I don't think it needs more words than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me, goddess, um, is caring, nurturing, mothering, and having lost my mother, when it came to it, it allowed me to anchor into the mother earth in a way that I hadn't before. I personally work a lot with um, the goddess Isis. And I, it's interesting because after my mom died and I went through all of my things, I found goddess books that were mine from when I was a teenager. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. So um, this has been a thing in my life that I was, that I forgot, like it was a forgotten thing and came back roaring to the front when I needed it. Um, but I've always been drawn to Egypt and to the Egyptian pantheon. And so I connect really deeply with the goddess Isis. And uh, so I have done a lot of work with her, a lot of deep meditations with her. Um, and uh, she was one of my guides through my healing journey after my mom passed. Um, and a lot of the work I did in that healing journey was sort of unweaving those things that were in my soul that were never mine to carry. And, uh, like disordered eating that came from my mom, that was kind of her transgenerational trauma that she wove into my tapestry because that's just what happens. Right. (laughs) But one of the things, like one of the things that had plagued me my entire life was this message of not good enough. Mm. And I was able with the goddess Isis to unweave that thread from my soul's tapestry. And uh, she presented me with an alternative thread, that of always worthy. And so um, it was... Uh, I did it. It was a large journey with her and actually the God Anubis at the same time. And at the end of it, sort of arriving at this place of always worthy. And so that's like that. There were many things I brought out of this journey with me, but that is a huge one that um, is a daily, like a thing that I daily remind myself and a thing that I daily live with. Wow. That sounds so beautiful. Just this it sounds like this shift from, you know, feeling not good enough to always good enough and this embodiment and what a divine feminine way of, of looking at it. Right. And so, you know, and it sounds like, um, just 
you know, as you mentioned in, in your bio, you know, the releasing the threads of patriarchy, right? And so that's all weaved in there. And so it sounds like that just releasing the entanglement of that, also that linear, you know, this expectation, this goal focus. Um, mm -hmm. And so just being able to embody that, that deep message, what a beautiful, profound experience that, that sounds like. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so I know you, you do a lot of work with grief and loss. Um, and so, you know, and with losing your mom, it, um, and, and so that, you know, sounds like it really, um, even before that, you were really starting to work on this through this path. And so you talk about untethering loss. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and um, and how does that open up a portal of healing for, for someone? Or how did it help you open up that portal? Yeah, it's, so I think of untethering loss um, as a loss that shatters our sense of who we are in the world. So it can be the loss of a person like my mom or a spouse or whatever, but it could also be the loss of your health or career or a partner cheating on you or um, it, 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 like any huge thing that really like shatters us to our core that where you wake up in the morning and you think, I, I don't know who I am in the world anymore. Like. I don't, my feet don't feel the same on the floor. My pants don't feel, the, they're the same pants. I have the same legs, but like, I just don't know who I am and how, how to move forward from here. And so it's, it's a loss that separates the threads of who we are. Um, and so I, I think of it as a tapestry, like I think of us, like all the threads that make up you and make up me um, as a tapestry. And so a shattering loss, like unweaves the threads and puts us in a position to see them more clearly than we can in our everyday life. So for me from that, it's like, there's a little bit of like a zoomed out position. Like you're kind of the observer self, right? Like you, the tapestry of you is like kind of out there floating. And because of the nature of the loss, it allows you to look from an observer position and see like, oh, huh. That thread is like sort of discordant with the rest of the threads. Like it's, it's a color that maybe doesn't belong to me. And that's how for me, as an example, when I began this work, that's how disordered eating showed up for me, right? Like I, this was something, you know, I'm a therapist, I, I was more focused on being a therapist at that time, but uh, I have attempted to heal this part of myself in multiple different ways over many years. And it wasn't until I looked at the, the threads of the tapestry and I saw, oh, like that thread is not the color that belongs to me. Like I could see it sort of tracing back to my mom. And so I could do the work of like picking it out. Like if you've ever uh, done weaving or knitting or like um, when your sweater kind of like gets a pull or whatever, right? Like I could take it and pull it out of the uh, 
of the for the whole and kind of let it go. And so that's what has become soul weaving is this process of seeing the tapestry, noticing the threads that don't belong, releasing them, reclaiming those parts that have been kind of cut off and reweaving them back into the uh, tapestry as you put it back together. Mm, what a beautiful imagery of the the tapestry and then following the thread and then healing that thread and then reweaving it back in. I love that, that image. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think people will really resonate with that. And if, if not, I encourage our listeners, look at a tapestry. And I, I think that will really like connect deeply with, within the soul. And, and I also love that you bring up the fact that grief is not necessarily a, a death of a loved one. Like, I think there is a lot of grief people are processing. I'm including myself Mm -hmm. in this that isn't necessarily, you know, an actual death of a person. Um, For me, I know when, you know, shortly after shutdown happened in the pandemic and not doing the things I normally did and hanging out with the people that were a part of my daily routine, that was a loss for me. And I did feel like you said what my, I have the same pants on, but they don't feel right in the same shoes. I, I felt really at a loss, like my identity kind of got not that my, you know, my ego identifies with the people that I interact with and the things that I do, but it was a huge awareness for me. Mm -hmm. And it also gave me this space um, because, well, I couldn't do much. Most of us were kind of stuck inside our homes to, to have that space to really question, like, is that, is that really who I am? So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about, you know, grief in whatever capacity we may be feeling this, like, um, like the importance of creating the space, even though I know it's difficult. And I think people are just very fearful of even being in that grief space, uh, but why you feel like it's necessary for the healing process? Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of my favorite mantras, if you, I, I don't know if you would call it a mantra, but it's a, th- a three word thing that I use is um, stop, feel, and heal. And I think it's very simple, right? Like, and I think most of us could come up with it on our own, but I think that's the thing we, the stop part is the thing we don't do. Um, yeah. And so, when we have a loss, whatever kind of loss, a called our culture does not encourage stopping and feeling, uh, stopping or feeling, or both of them together. Um, our culture doesn't make space for pain or loss or grief, and um, that's where the magic of healing and transformational growth lives. Um, and, and you can't, you have to go through it to get to the other side. Like you have to feel the feelings and you can't do that without stopping and letting like giving space to them. Something flitted through my head that I've lost now. Um, what would, I'm curious, what would you say to someone that's like, I don't, I don't want to stop. Like, what if there's so much fear in the stopping, like, what would your, suggestion or ideas be around that? Uh, That is a lot of what the um, untethering loss care package free gift is about. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm glad we have that. (laughs) I'm not like, I'm not purposefully trying to like plug it, but (laughs) 
Um, but it's really focused on this place of like, it'd be okay to have your feelings and feel them. And, um, and so a lot of what I talk about is um, how our culture presses us, kind of exactly what you're talking about. Our culture presses us to go back to business as usual. And so it's sort of revolutionary to stop. Um, and so for those of us who have that little revolutionary rebellious uh, thread, <laughs> this is how you might need to um, look at this, right? Like it's a little bit revolutionary to stop and feel and let my feelings in. Mm. I would also say that research around emotions tells us that they pass through typically in 90 seconds. So like the harder we fight them, the bigger they get. And if we can give them a little bit of space, like, and I, I like to think of it like a swimming pool. If you walked up to a swimming pool and you didn't know the temperature of the swimming pool, you, it's highly unlikely that you would just dive in. You would probably sit on the edge and dip your toe in. And so when it comes to emotions, this is how I like to coach people around it, right? Like sitting on the edge of a pool and dipping your toe in, you're observing, you're looking at the water, you're being curious, you're dipping your toe. You're not diving headfirst, drowning in it. And so it's, I think like people get afraid of the potential of drowning in it. And so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, a slowing, like do very slowly, let, let your toes tap the water. Hello, this is Stacy Musial of Be The Love Podcast. And we're talking about miracle tea today. Are you feeling low on sexual energy? The Mayans and the Aztecs discovered a natural solution for this, demania. This special ingredient in miracle tea found to have an aphrodisiac effect and helps boost sex drive. They would brew the leaves of this tea into a tea and drink it to increase their libido and energy levels. A cup of miracle tea in the morning can give you a boost of energy to sustain your day. And this is Brenda Carey of Be The Love Podcast. Demania is also used to treat headaches, bedwetting, depression, a nervous stomach, and constipation. It can help prevent and treat sexual problems. It can boost and maintain mental and physical stamina. So if you're looking for that energy boost, visit the Love Abundance store at drvarungandhi.com and try Miracle Tea for yourself. I have definitely seen my energy levels boost. You can also listen to Dr. Varun Gandhi's episode on Be The Love podcast, which is episode number 106. Hmm. I love the, the imagery. I think that's really helpful to, you know, really have that, that image. And so it's, it's a gentle process, right? It doesn't have to be this, you know, this masculine, like dive right in into the, the deepest part of it, right? We can, we can move slow and, and with love and reverence for the space that we're in, in this moment and, and just being present with what is, um, I'm, I'm also a psychotherapist. And, and so like, I've been, you know, doing this work for, for 10 years and I have a lot of clients that they're like, well, I've been feeling this for, you know, so long. And there's this, you know, idea, this feeling of, this linear process that they need to be done and over it, right over it, like that, <laughs> that masculine energy, um, rather than getting through it. 
And, and so what would you say to that person that, you know, the grief, it's still, it's, you know, coming up, I know it, it's very cyclical, and we can like, you know, just um, work, work through it. But some people are like, well, why aren't I over it yet? Right. And it's like this linear process that they're, they're looking at. And so, yeah, what would you say to that person who's like, you know, been maybe grieving for, for months or years, and still it continues to, to surface? I think as you're already saying, right, like I would remind them that it's not a linear process. Like healing is never, okay, I don't want to say never. <laughs> um, healing is not generally linear. It's more waves or cyclical or, um, so grief, in my experience, grief doesn't end so much as it changes. Like we create a relationship with it and we exist in relationship with it but it changes like the acute parts of it that you feel at the very beginning typically um it it, it morphs it changes it transmutes it alchemizes into different ways of being and this is sort of back to that healing portal piece as well right like if you decide to you can engage in that alchemy and that transformation into um, exploring, you know, who you now are in the world, if you choose to. But first feeling the feelings and being with them as they ebb and flow. And back to what you said, Stacey, about um, being in this moment, right? Like it's, it's this moment is not the last moment. And when we're thinking like, how come it won't end or here it is again or whatever we're I think less in the present moment and more in the idea that it should end that it should be something different than it is instead of in the this is what it is today Hmm. yeah and being present with what is and Mm -hmm. just allowing for for us to, to be in our humanness, right? I think there's so much, you know, we, we tend to push away the humanness and try to maybe reach for the light or reach, you know, or try to get over something, but we have to like really honor our, our human being, you know, where we are beings and we're going to have deep emotions emerge and we're going to have, you know, experiences in this life. And I, you know, I believe we're, we're here to, to learn. This is our school, right? We're, we're all on an educational journey in, you know, and sometimes it's the hardest journeys that really, you know, help us grow, but we have to be able to, to sit through that and, and honor that, that humanness. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, um, you know, with that, like, you know, spirituality, I think, can be a really big part in the healing process, you know, when we have something to really hold on to, or, you know, feeling like we're not so alone or supportive, you know, and just nurtured, like, sounds like, you know, when you were laying on the floor, you had that, you know, nurturing figure, you know, surrounding you. And so I'm wondering, um, you know, in your perspective, what is the role that spirituality plays in the healing process? So there is research that speaks to the importance of spirituality in getting to post-traumatic growth versus post-traumatic stress. 
And so we know that it's helpful. And I don't know that I can necessarily put my finger on why it's helpful. For me, it's a big piece of it is feeling less alone, feeling held, feeling like I don't have to know all the answers that, um, not that, I mean, I don't, my spirituality is not like, uh, like without free will, like I can just sit here and whatever, but, um, but it is, I feel partnered. And so, yeah, it helps me feel less alone. It helps me feel, um, well, always worthy. Mm, I love that. And I like how, you know, the less alone is such a key piece with any type of grief. I mean, I've said many times, like we are, as humans, we're designed to be in a community, a supportive community. That's the key. I think many of us may not necessarily have the community that is the higher support or the higher vibration that we actually need. Um, I, I would love to circle back. I'm curious, this will probably tie in somewhere. In the bio, you mentioned your soul weaving. Um, and I'm wondering, is that kind of a piece of your, there's a four phase method of soul weaving. Is that kind of um, how community or not feeling alone weaves into that? Could you kind of go a little bit into the, the four phases? I'm just more curious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've actually touched on them without me explicitly talking about them. But um, yes, so uh, the Soul Weaver Experience is a 15 week group program. Um, um, And it's a group programs because of the community, um, the the healing power of community. Um, So the the four phases are attuned. Um, where we create space for our feelings and begin to see the tapestry and make the conscious and intentional decision to um, turn toward the healing portal. And um, like we're making the decision to go in toward healing versus business as usual, right? So making the space, the stopping and the feeling part so that we can do the healing part. Uh, phase two is release, where we look at the tapestry, uh, we learn what our colors are, what belongs to us, what doesn't belong to us, and we go through the process um, of unweaving and releasing those threads that aren't ours to carry. Uh, step three is reclaiming, where we reclaim those parts of the self that we've jettisoned for um for survival, right? Like messages we learned that it's not okay to be us. So like this part of me is not okay to have. So I'm gonna, you know, subconsciously I jettisoned that and left it behind, Um, but it's part of the whole. So in the reclaim phase, we go back in and we weave those parts back into the tapestry. And phase four is anchor. Um, And so in my mind, I think of it like uh, when you take all the threads of the whole and then you kind of just like, all the ends so they uh, tighten so the whole picture is once again like a tight weave and also in that phase you kind of um, recap the steps so that when something gets um, jarred again you can go back through the process again for yourself 
and um, attend to the parts of the tapestry throughout the course of your life. Hmm. Thank you for, for sharing that. That does sound like, and it just kind of weaved that um, through for us um, a little deeper. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I'm curious that, you know, as you talked about holding onto things that don't belong to us and the, you know, maybe the, the generational traumas and the ancestral work, how can you discern or differentiate what is yours and what is maybe your mom's or grandmother's or parent fathers, you know, generationally, um, so that you can really release that. And, and what are, what are some steps you would do to, to release those kinds of energies? So one of the, um, journeys that we take in the, the release phase is, um, really to, in my experience, the threads that aren't yours highlight themselves in a certain way. So when we go to look at them, like for me, I could see that one thread kind of connecting back to my mom. And it was also like discordant. When I looked at the whole, it had like a discordant coloring to it. So I could see like, oh, like this, like, oh, my tapestry is like shades of pink. This particular thread is like brown. And then I literally like in my mind, I... Um, could follow it back to my mom and could like pick it out, unweave it. I think, I think there are some elements that define those threads that are in ours, things that maybe defy healing, like that you've, you've gone at it in all the ways that you know how to, but for some reason it's like sticky. And, and I think that's like kind of one of the defining characteristics of threads that aren't yours right like that it's like sticky there even though you've done the healing work mm. um there's the color I think I mean I really think it shows up like it shows up in your mind's eye as a different discordant color or sound if you're a more sound oriented person there are also cultural messages that are those threads as well like shoulds and I think that for those that's one of their defining characteristics like I should be X, Y, Z. I should this, I should that. And I think you can find those by talking about them. I'd love to hear more about the cultural messages. Like mm -hmm. I definitely understand the shoulds, um, mm -hmm. should and should nots. Uh, what other cultural messages do you find, whether within yourself or your clients that tend to tend to creep in? I think not good enough is a big cultural message for women in general living in a patriarchal system. Um, I think, I mean, I think that came from my family, but that also came from the larger system around me. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's other stuff around uh, like women being here in service to men, like um, like objectification kind of threads and that kind of thing and ways that we shrink ourselves and make ourselves smaller. Yeah. Um, Playing it small, I would definitely say has been a, a generational and that goes back to worthiness. I think there's some, some threads in there with playing it small, not feeling worthy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Any, or needing approval. <laughs> oh, yeah. Needing approval from the masculine. That was my big thing. <laughs> external. Yeah, that external validation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for bringing that one up. I always, I sometimes can't remember them all. And that's such a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are all big. Those are really embedded in our culture. And if we're, right? you know, not really aware of those, we're going to continue those patterns and, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to give away our, our true power, our, our sovereignty as, as divine feminine beings or just beings in general, right? Even men like have, you know, they give away their power too. And, and so it's, um, it's really learning, relearning our true divine power within ourselves and what we're really here to to create and and that and that includes you know our our emotional bodies and allowing those bodies to be expressed and you know our voices to be heard you know because then then we're truly stepping into our own our own truth and being able to express who we are on this planet which is you know we're all here for a unique reason and yeah, it's, it's yeah, so powerful. It's a really good point when you say speaking our truth. I think there has been, at least for, for me, I was, I remember from a pretty young age expected to be quiet and shy. And so that was, that was the personality that I was given and thus t- had taken on. And it wasn't until that I really started to speak and it was super uncomfortable at first. I can't say it was like this overnight, like went from the quote unquote shy girl to, you know, teaching in front of, you know, students and whether that was yoga or energy healing, like it, it took a lot. Um, and, and just to step into that power, not be afraid of what other people might think, or if they disagree, again, getting back to the external validation. Oh my gosh, right? Um, so it's it's constant work and, and it's uncomfortable at times. And I think the uncomfortability is a good sign, my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I mean, there's that quote, like, what is it? Something about change doesn't have, but like change happens at the end of your comfort zone or something. Like, I think we need to be a little uncomfortable every day, every day, every day. (laughs) Yeah. That's where we're going to see the, the shifts, the paradigms, right. That are moving through. If we stay the same, right. We're never going to see another way of being and it's going to, yeah, get, get out of that familiarity and, and moving into, you know, our, our deepest soul's truth. And so, Emmy, I'm curious, like, as you focus on this work and the work that you're doing with the healing and grief and loss and, and all that you're offering, um, with, you know, weaving your soul's work. And I'm wondering, how do you see this supporting the bigger picture of healing in the world? And what is the macro vision for the work that you do? I... Well, I think I said this in my bio, right? I want to revolutionize how women transform after shattering loss. Mm. What that means to me is that I don't want, I would like us to, I don't know if embrace is the right word, but um, I, I, be less afraid of loss and less afraid of recovering from loss to embrace the healing portal, right? Like to feel the feelings, feel like this, 
am never advocating for a uh, spiritual bypass. That's not like, right. But feel all the feelings, make all the space. Right. So I think that's the macro picture is more people feeling their feelings and stepping through to transformation instead of squashing the feelings, going back to business as usual and not healing, growing, transforming into their most whole, most authentic version of themselves. For me, I have long called myself a warrior for authenticity. And that's like, the more people transform and heal into their most authentic versions of themselves, the more healed our entire world will be. Like the more we feel all the feelings, Yes, all of it. All of that. <laughs> oh, yes, I that. love it. All of that. That's and what can... I go ahead. Oh, I was going to say we can all be our true, authentic, beautiful selves. What we're here to, you know, how our our souls have embarked on this beautiful journey. Oh, yes, I love it. Yeah. I see it. It's it is it is. <laughs> it is. I was going to say that. <laughs> what's the Be the Love podcast is all about raising the vibration, the and... feeling. And the feelings of that, you know, that essence of love that we all, we already are, but it is a remembering process, especially after grief and loss and that we're all connected because we're designed energetically mm -hmm. to be that way. So thank you so much for this conversation, Emmy. To wrap us up, please share with our listeners uh, where they can find you and what you're currently working on. Yeah. Um, I thank you. I, I also want to say thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation and I'm just thrilled to be here. Um, listeners can find me at emmytofelski.com, uh, which I'm sure you guys are going to spell in the show notes, but, um, registration for the soul weaver experience is open and the 15 week group begins in September. So, um, we have 15, slots in total available. And um, if you want, there is a free gift, which includes those three meditations that I touched on a little bit in our chat today. So that will also be in the show notes. So if you would like some comfort, that's what those three meditations are really about is comfort, allowance, space for your feelings, space for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, just sharing this conscious conversation with us. It's been such a pleasure. Yes. Thank you. And at Be The Love Podcast, we are excited about our upcoming Awaken Your Soul Costa Rica retreat on November 6th through the 12th, 2023. We would absolutely love to have you join us for a beautiful and vibration-raising experience. Check out the webpage with details and registration in the show notes. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends and family, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes and Spotify, or liking us on Facebook. And please consider supporting our mission to awaken our souls with a monthly donation that helps with the operating costs of this podcast so we can continue to spread the love. To contribute, visit our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time.
Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.